Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to this weekly Torah study from New Beginnings Church in Bedford, Texas, taught by Pastor Scott Sigmund. We pray this message will help you better understand how God's Old Testament wisdom and New Testament revelation are meant to jointly fit together. Today's the are the last two teachings, the two Torah studies in the book of Numbers. Uh, and uh, Israel is on its way into the promised land. They're right on the edge of the Jordan River, uh, and they're looking across. They can see everything that God has promised, uh, and it ends uh, one of the great scriptures, and I uh, refer you to Numbers 31, uh, which says, verse 1, these are the stages in the journey of the people of Israel as they left the land of Egypt, divided into groups under the leadership of Moses and Aaron. And Moses recorded each of the stages of their journey uh, by command of the Lord. And here are the starting points of each of the stages. And so in what is really an interesting study, uh, this chapter then goes on to list 42 different stops that God took Israel coming out of Egypt and into the promised land. And uh, since nothing in the Torah is random, Uh, or a coincidence, the Lord is listing these places to teach us some important lessons. Each place is listed for a reason. Uh, And uh, this teaches us uh, that the 40 years in the wilderness was more than just one long trip from Egypt to Israel. Uh, In fact, it eliminates the idea that Israel was lost and just wandering aimlessly uh, in the desert for 40 years. God had a divine purpose for Israel. He has a divine purpose for you and I. Uh, And uh, that purpose takes place over the course of time. Over 40 years, God continued to lead Israel by uh, the clouds of glory, his Shekinah glory. He continued to lead Israel with a pillar of fire. Uh, And uh, every place that he led Israel uh, was the perfect place for them to be. And right now, as Israel, we're studying Israel being on a journey You're on a journey. And today's uh, teaching, uh, I've entitled, Life is a Journey, Not a Destination. Life is a Journey, Not a Destination. And uh, this is one of the deeper truths when we study uh, in Numbers 33. There's 42 stages, this is one of the deeper truths, that there's 42 stages of growth for Israel coming out of Egypt, and therefore that's a type and a shadow of our life here on earth. There's many stages of growth 
maturity and development. And so we need to embrace that and enjoy the journey, enjoy the process, because God's got great things for all of us, and we just need to get on that pathway that God has laid out for each of us individually and just be open to what the Lord wants to do in our lives. Amen? And, and it's interesting, one rabbi uh, that I was studying wrote, it took 40 hours to take Israel out of Egypt, but it took 40 years to take Egypt out of Israel. And that's that process of redemption that we're all in. Amen. God is working in us to will and to do of his good pleasure. Amen. And so it's that old bumper sticker. Uh, Christians aren't perfect, we're just forgiven. God's not finished with us yet. And so uh, the wilderness years for Israel were much more than we ever knew. Who knew there were 42 stages that God took Israel through? Uh, they weren't lost, they were being led. And it's a beautiful picture of how uh, we serve a good God, don't we? A gracious Father, amen, a merciful Father who guides us and directs us and leads us every step of the way. How many of you know Psalm 37, 23, that the Lord directs the steps of the righteous, amen? He delights in every detail of their lives. And that's so encouraging, isn't it? That God is with us every step of the way. That he cares about us. And that's what we were praying earlier this morning. Cast your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you. Amen? And so, uh, aren't you grateful and thankful for the love of God today? And this is a calling as we study this to let God be the mastermind for our lives. Right? Let, let God be the one that directs your priorities in life. Because he's the one that wants to counsel us. He's the one that hears our prayers. He's the one that sees our tears. He's the one that promises, I'll never leave you or forsake you. That he'll honor his covenant. No matter what we've done to alienate ourselves from the covenant, God says, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. And it's true, we won't understand everything that God has planned up front. A lot of it, a lot of life's journey is a walk of faith. Who understands that? It's a walk of trusting in God. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And lean not to your own understanding. Because there's a way that seems right to a man or a woman, but the end of it doesn't end pretty. So we need the wisdom of God. We need his counsel and direction so that we don't end up in a ditch. Amen. Jeremiah 29, 11. Who remembers that scripture? Come on, somebody. God says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope 
and a future. How many of you say yes and amen to God's future in your life? Amen. Inside of you is Jesus Christ, the hope of glory. Praise God. I, I, uh, as we do at New Beginnings, we study uh, many things through the eyes of rabbinical teaching as well as Christian teaching. And uh, one of the ancient rabbis in Jewish history and literature, Rabbi Hirsch, I found this uh, quote from him, this part of this writing, and he says, Israel's purpose in the wilderness was not so much getting to the destination, but what God would perfect in them during the journey. Amen? And now we can understand that the 40 years in the desert were not just purposeless wanderings. They were times of perfecting faith in the face of doubt and fear. And also of building a lifestyle of trust and service while gaining knowledge and growing a relationship with the Lord. Every step away from Egypt was one step closer to the fullness of the blessing in the promised land. And even though it may have seemed like an endless task, our faith and our faithfulness, patience and perseverance, vision and guidance brings us one step closer to the goal. How many of you could say today, I feel one step closer to the purposes of God in my life? Amen. And that's the life of every believer, seeing ourselves on a journey to fulfill the will of God and to build his kingdom. It's divinely ordained. You have a divinely ordained purpose. And so it's not just a journey of life. It's a journey to life. God is leading you not only towards eternal life. Amen. How many of you are glad for eternal life? Amen. But it's also a journey to abundant life. Amen. Jesus said that I have come that you would have life and that life more abundantly. That means that God wants you to have a life of value, a life of purpose, a life with meaning. Amen. Uh, and when you walk with him and you're faithful to your born-again covenant commitment, there's no end to what God will do in you and no end to what God will do through you. Amen. Say amen, somebody. Amen. Yeah, and look, uh, I've had my ups and downs. Uh, some of you probably are this close to walking on water and you don't even remember what an up and down is anymore. But as for me, I, had my, I have my share of ups and downs. But I know this in my heart. I know you realize this too. The more you walk with God, the more you uh, are on God's pathway on your journey of life, the more you apply his divine principles, the more you're going to have ups versus downs. Amen. Amen. You know, in, in describing 
these 42 stops of Israel on their journey to the promised land, the complete Jewish Bible repeatedly uses the phrase, they moved on. Israel moved on to the next place. Israel moved, and 42 times it says, they moved on. And I couldn't help but think that the message that God is saying is that you and I need to learn how to move on. We need to learn how to move forward. Yeah, there's ups and downs. Yeah, there's disappointments and discouragements along the way. But God says, I'm not finished with you yet. There's more that I have in your life, more that I want you to accomplish, more things I want you to shoot for. So move forward in your life. Move on in your life. Amen? How many of you know the devil loves to use tragedy and painful experiences to vex us, to slow us down, and stop us from moving forward into our destiny. If the devil had his way, he'd have you thinking about all the bad things and the negative things that have happened in your life, and he would try to make that be what defines you. But the devil doesn't define you, my brother, my sister. God and his word defines you. You are a child of the king. You are bought with a price. And the Lord says that greater is he that's in you than anything that's been coming against you. Amen? So the Lord wants to help us, some more than others, to put some serious distance between us and our past, especially like if you grew up in my household, you grew up in the all-American dysfunctional family. <laughs> we went through every negative thing that you can imagine. And, uh, but somehow, some way, the Lord reached down into my life and pulled me out of the pit. He saved me. He forgave me. He filled me with His Spirit. He filled me with a vision. And so that I could move forward and move on in my life and not be held prisoner to my past. Amen. Amen. And that's what God wants to do for everybody. And everybody will go through it a little bit differently. But how many of you know that Jesus is the healer of a broken heart? Yeah, our hearts have been broken. And uh, how many of you know today that Jesus not only carried our sin to Calvary, he carried our pain and our heartache to Calvary. So then in exchange... Because of our faith, because of our commitment, because of the covenant, things can be exchanged. All of that sorrow can be exchanged for joy. All of that fear can be exchanged for confidence and courage. And God continues to work that out in our lives, especially as you partner with him on the journey. We've all heard this scripture out of Philippians 3, 13, where Paul is describing his life. Uh, Paul used to be Saul, 
Paul went through some heavy changes. But before uh, Paul or Saul became Paul, Saul was a murderer. And he sought revenge against the Christian community. The Bible says that he chased Christians because of their faith in Jesus all the way up into Damascus and hauled them back to Jerusalem to stand trial for their faith. Man, that's some heavy-duty past to overcome when you've ruined people's lives like that. And yet here Paul says, uh, one thing I do, I forget what is behind me, and I strain forward toward what lies ahead. I keep pursuing the goal in order to win the prize offered by God's upward calling in the Messiah Yeshua. Therefore, as many of us uh, as are mature, keep paying attention to this. Attention to what? Forget all your past. God, forgive me of my past. I repent of my past. I want to get set free from my past so I can live in the future with you. Praise God. In the business world and motivational success and motivation teaching, you'll often hear the phrase that uh, life is 10% what happens to you and 90% the way you respond. Amen? No one's immune from adversity. But the believer needs to learn how to respond to diversity with the God kind of faith. That's part of building ourselves up. That's why you're here early on a Sunday morning. You're trying to equip yourself and prepare yourself and train yourself so that you can rule and reign as the Lord Jesus talks about. The Lord promised, I am going to turn what the devil means for evil around and you're going to be able to realize that whatever had happened, now it's all good. Something good is coming in your life. It may not look like it, but there's light at the end of the tunnel. Praise God. Victor Frankl, anybody ever heard of Victor Frankl? Uh, he survived Auschwitz. You might remember Pastor and I and Katie and Truett were in Auschwitz for the March of the Living uh, back in April. And uh, we walked through all of the, uh, the different places uh, in Auschwitz and Birkenau. And it was just a, 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 an ungodly but a sacred place. And Viktor Frankl survived Auschwitz. And he wrote that our lives are determined not by what happens to us, but by how we respond to what happens to us. How we respond depends on how we interpret events. The, and, and he goes on to say, the one thing you can't take away from me, I can just picture him 
thinking of this and saying this while he's in uh, the most demonic place you can imagine, Auschwitz. You can't take away from me how I choose to respond. Do whatever you want, but I am not going to give away my last freedom, and that freedom is to choose my attitude in any given circumstance. Victor Frankl. And what a message that is. And let me say this, part of the reason you have the Holy Spirit, part of the reason that it's important to study the Word of God, and especially the promises of God. They have topical Bibles that isolate all of the different words that God has in every circumstance and for every circumstance. So if it's fear if it's sickness, if it's uh, 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 one of a hundred different topics, uh, you can isolate the promises of God and begin to pray those and speak those over your life. And as you do that, suddenly you'll begin to interpret events differently because you're stirring up and fanning the flame of the Spirit of God in your heart and in your mind. Someone said, I am not what happened to me. I am what I choose to become. You and the Holy Spirit, you and the power of God can choose to become whatever it is that you want to be. Amen? But it's important to understand how the enemy works. He's going to use past circumstances and present circumstances to get you to stop and quit. But how many of you know today that the devil is a liar and the father of all lies? But he does use things, try to hit you hard. I mean, some people have come through a lot worse than I have. Victor Frankl. Some people have come through just incredible amounts of verbal and domestic abuse, family abuse. Uh, some people have come through just the, uh, the, the trauma of divorce or abandonment. And, and just tragedy, the tragedy of someone dear to you dying and going home to be with the Lord bef before their time. And, and, and your heart aches. And it's not so easy to get your heart healed, is it? I mean, it's not just snap your fingers and get over it. But God still wants you to move forward. Amen. He still wants you to trust Him. Because He loves you. He knows what's best for you. His mercy will endure forever. He, just as we read, he still has a future no matter what you've been through. There's still reason to hope. The world says don't get your hopes up. God says get your hopes up. There's breakthrough coming. There's victory coming. There's blessing coming. There's rewards that are coming. No matter what has happened, don't quit. Because the hurt is eventually going to heal. The sorrow that we feel is eventually going to be turned into joy. 
the great Christian author C.S. Lewis said, you can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you're at and change the ending. And that's what God is doing. You can't go back and change the past, but where God is taking you, there's a glorious ending, a glorious future. Can you say amen? Amen. And that's the power of God's Word. Jesus said the sower sows the Word. He plants the the Word as seed. But, But we don't understand how it grows. And you don't have to understand it. I don't understand how you put a key in an ignition, turn it on, put it in drive, and take off and get to church. But I do it anyways. And here you are. Your Torah study at church on a Sunday morning when you could have been on vacation at the lake place, the lake house. But nope, you're here at church. And you're working the word. Amen? And you're also claiming the power of the blood of Jesus. Amen? God gives us the power of the word and the power of the blood as supernatural ways to heal the broken heart. Amen? God is making you an overcomer over any memory that is vexing you. That's what renewing the mind is. The Holy Spirit renews the spirit of our minds so that we're not always dwelling on all of those negative experiences that happened to us or were inflicted on us from our past. Amen? How many of you say, I'm ready to develop a fresh perspective based on my future, based on God's vision for my life? Amen? Well, let me uh, uh, give you some strategies for moving your life forward. I just wrote some different notes down, and one of the things I wrote, number one, is keep your eyes on the big picture. Amen. Heaven is in your future. If all Jesus did was die on the cross, shed his blood so that we could make heaven our home and there was no promise of abundant life, we still couldn't praise and worship him enough. Amen? Because as the song says, when we've been there 10,000 years, it'll be like we just begun. Philippians 1.6 says, I am certain that God, who began this good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Jesus Christ returns. Amen? A few years ago during the pandemic, uh, my, my son that... Uh, lived lives in uh, California he drove to Texas here uh, and uh, uh, he obviously was going to drive back and so I said you know what I'm going to go with you and so uh, we drove from uh, Texas to California 24 hours straight and uh, I noticed that traveling down the highway, and especially when you're going through John Wayne country, 
you always tend to look out in the distance at the horizon. And when you finally get to where you were looking at, all of a sudden there's a new horizon. And I got to thinking, that, that's how life works. That's how God wants our lives to be. That we're always on the lookout for a new horizon. Amen? The horizon is the big picture. It represents the journey we're on towards all the goals, all the priorities, all the purposes, all the object, uh, uh, objectives that God has for our life. You know, there's spiritual goals, there's family goals, there's career goals, there's health goals and fitness goals, and financial goals, many different categories of goals. And God is saying, if you'll invite me in, I'll show you how to make every aspect of your life work out for the very best. Amen. But just keep your eyes on me. Keep your eyes on the big picture. That it might all, is like R.W. Shambach said, uh, uh, God doesn't always pay on Friday, but he always pays on time. You may not always end up where you thought you were going. But if you're doing things under God's direction, you'll always end up where you were meant to be. We're talking about keep your eyes on the big picture. Uh, a dear friend of ours just went home to be with the Lord this weekend. And uh, it reminded me of uh, uh, the many funerals that I've done. Uh, you know, just way too many several hundred funerals over the course of uh, my ministry. And uh, there's been uh, on many occasions where I'll read a famous poem uh, called The Dash. Has anybody ever uh, heard that poem, The Dash? And it's a poem that emphasizes the contribution the deceased made between their birth date and their death date. And in between those two dates is a dash. And that tiny little dash mark represents all the time we lived on earth. And the question becomes in so many ways, how are you making the time that's represented by that dash, how are you making that count? What are you doing to build his kingdom? Are you making the good and godly impact on your family, at your work, in your church, and so forth that you know you should be making? Wouldn't it be a shame to come to the end of your life only to realize you've been living life looking backwards in the rearview mirror? Think of it this way. Your interest should be in the future. Amen? Because you're going to spend the rest of your life there. Amen. Number two, don't wait for the perfect moment to move forward. 
Don't wait for the perfect moment. There are no perfect moments. Ecclesiastes 11.4 says if you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never get anything done. If you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never get anything done. Now look, we don't want to discount God's perfect timing, but may we all have a level of discernment to differentiate waiting on the Lord and being a procrastinator. Oh, help me now. God wants us walking by faith towards fulfilling goals and accomplishing some dreams that he put in your heart. Some of you have dreams in your heart from when you were in Sunday school as a little kid, and you've carried that dream for many, many years. Don't let that dream die. Get started on that. Talk to the Lord today. God, what do I need to do to, to take the next steps? The late, great Zig Ziglar said, if you wait for all the lights to turn green, you'll never leave the house. Sometimes the lights do turn green. And uh, if you're like me, I feel a lot better about it. I hate going and just hitting every light on the way wherever I'm going. But we, uh, in life, All the lights aren't going to be green before you get up and go. You just got to get up and go. Two-thirds of God's name is go. Let's get going. Let's move forward. Let's advance and make some progress. Amen? Now look, we all know the devil works 24-7. And he's good at trying to overwhelm us with all the reasons why you're supposed to stay where you're at. He's trying to convince you and me to live as if you have no divine nature. The devil is a liar. We bind the devil. In the devil's world, it's always aim, 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 but never fire. So don't be the guy or gal that when it's all said and done, there was always more said than done. When it's all said and done, there's usually more said than done. Don't be that guy. Our journey is a never-ending cycle of ready, Lord, I'm ready. Aim me, Lord, and shoot me, fire me to my next goal and objective. Amen? Are we good? Is that okay? Number three. Mistakes and failures don't end your journey. Praise God. It's interesting in the 42 places that uh, the Lord lists in Numbers 33, is uh, some of them aren't referred to by their names, but rather by the events that occurred there. And most of the places described this way are where Israel made a major mistake. And Moses was helping Israel to come to terms with those mistakes because he knew if they did what God was calling them to do and learned the lesson uh, of what happened in that place, 
the mistake would likely not be repeated. And this is true for all of us. When we admit our mistakes and hold ourselves accountable, that's when the learning process starts. Amen? That's when God gets through to us. Father, I have an open heart. I'm filled with an attitude of prayer and repentance. Speak to me and whatever you say, whatever changes I need, whatever mistakes I've made, it'll all get cleared up so I can move on with my destiny. The problem sometimes is is that the bitter experience, the disappointment, the discouragement becomes who you are. And we just see it on your face. You're defined by your worst moment. As a believer, God says, I don't define you by your worst moments. I forgive you of your worst moments so that you can get up and go on. I'm not condemning you. I didn't send Jesus to condemn you. I sent Jesus to forgive you and cleanse you and purify you and give you a new beginning. Hallelujah. Amen. Our, our dear, late, great friend Zig Ziglar said, it's not how far you fall, but how high you bounce that counts. Don't you just love that? It, it's not how far you fall, but how high you bounce. And if you need a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit, if you need a, a, a sense of renewal and restoration, today is your day. This is the day of salvation. This is the day that God wants to move in your life. This is the day you can sever yourself from all of those vexing memories of the past and move forward into your destiny. Amen? That's why we call this church New Beginnings. How many of you love new beginnings? Well, this is the first day of the rest of your life. So praise be to God. Finally, number four, uh, you, you want to make a personal commitment to move forward. Right? Proverbs 16.3 says, Commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed. Amen? But you need to have plans. You need to have some personal commitment where you're setting some goals. And those goals include your personal growth. Amen? That's the secret of the biblical calendar and why we uh, follow the feasts of the Lord at New Beginnings. Because hidden in the feasts of the Lord are all of these deeper truths and secrets, and many times it has to do with restoration and restitution and God refreshing you and renewing you and giving you a new chance to start over. We serve a God who's the God of a second chance. Amen? And if you need a third chance, he's the God of the third chance, too. And the fourth, and the fifth, and the sixth, and the seventh, and the eighth, and ninth, and tenth. There's an old saying, don't go through life, grow through life. Grow through life. 
And I think that in Christianity, we just need to make sure we don't lose that. That God wants to take us from being John 3.16 believers into being disciples of Christ. There's a higher calling and higher standards and a higher level of purpose. There's a ladder of success that God has. Wouldn't it be a bummer to go through your whole life thinking you're climbing the ladder of success only to discover it was leaning against the wrong wall? Amen? And so God, give us discernment. Renew in us a personal commitment and dedication to go through life with purpose. Go through life with a personal commitment to grow and to change. And sometimes growing and changing means that you're growing and changing away from certain people in your life. I read this quote over the weekend, moving forward means realizing some people are part of your history, but not part of your destiny. Some people are part of your history. That's life in the rearview mirror. And quit trying to go back and resurrect some nostalgic thing from the past when God has a new destiny for you and maybe a whole new set of support structure, a whole new set of friends. Amen? Job 17.9 says, The righteous shall move onward and forward. Those with pure hearts shall become stronger and stronger. And you're going to become stronger in your attitude. You're going to become stronger in your personal commitment. You're going to become stronger in your relationships because you'll be more rooted and grounded in the things of God. It's a personal journey. Amen? All of us have things going on a little bit differently, but all of us are going through a growing process. What God's accomplishing in us isn't accomplished overnight. But we're building faith, aren't we? We're building patience. We're building vision. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. He's given us the mind of Christ. He's given us every blood-bought promise. He says that you will be able to do all things through the Messiah who will give you strength. How many of you are strengthened today by the power of God, by the power of Christ? If you are this morning and receive this teaching, give the Lord a praise. <laughs>